Kay is someone that I've known uh, for a few years. I met Kay through the uh, COVID lockdowns. Uh, some of the ladies here, we, uh, we met through a group called IWOW. And Kay actually came on and did my branding for me. I was in the middle of transitioning my business. Um, I'd split with the partner that the business partner that I had, and I was moving into just Karen Newton. And Kay came up with branding ideas for the business. And the thing that I loved most about working with uh, Kay was we had a meeting. The meeting lasted for about 40 minutes. She asked me a whole series of questions. And then when she came back, the design was simple, but it was me. And I thought, why couldn't I come up with that myself? But it was because Kay had been able to get in, understand me more. She questioned me. She understood my business. And she was able to then come up with a design for me. But the thing that I will say, I should probably call it the downside of having Kay as my designer. And that is that if I post something on social media or I put something out anywhere that my brand isn't on, she rings me up and says, change it, get your brand on there, do this. So Kay is my brand police person as well. So Kay is going to talk about branding, obviously, and I'm going to hand over to you now, Kay. One second, I will share my screen. Hello, everyone, by the way. Um, there's a couple of little faces on here that I already know, well, a few. So uh, hello, everybody there, the gorgeous Amanda and Joy, I can see. On the top of my screen. Uh, can we just get a quick thumbs up that everybody can see that? Okay. I think you're not kidding. I think it is a, a bit of a, an odd tech day today. Never mind. Oh, just give me. <laughs> is it jumping? We'll leave it. We'll leave it there. We'll we'll call that good, shall we? So if that's clear enough. Cool. Um, for everybody who doesn't know me, my name's Case Story and my business is Brandstorm Creatives. Um, as Cameron just said, I've known her for quite a few years now. And my business has changed dramatically. I invest in some things with Karen and we've got to know each other further. And it's really important. And I'm so glad that Karen invited me on here today because through the work we've done and we want to invest and we want to do all these things, but it comes down to where is the cash? So unless you've got a nice little pot of money sat there ready to invest, um, we need to look at where we're going to find that money from for our investing. And one of the biggest things that Karen is an advocate of is building a business, building something that generates money so that you can increase your wealth. So we're going to have a look today at what my role is in people uh, building their wealth. So hopefully by the end, you'll have a little bit more knowledge 
I'd like everybody to have a pen handy because there's going to be a little bit of homework. I always give homework. There'll be chance for a few questions. I can't actually see them, but I'll ask Karen to keep an eye on the chat because I will just be concentrating on my screen. Um, so we will have a little bit of time at the end, it's nearly half past, yeah, to do a Q&A. So if you have any questions as we're going along, I will um, answer those at the end if that's all right. So a little bit about me, who am I? Um, um, my name's Kay. Um, I set up off in business um, 25 years ago. So this is really cool for me. This is this is me marking 25 years as being a self-employed person. Now, many, many years ago, 25 to be precise, um, I decided after my fourth employment dumping in about a year and a half, I was very young to get on the entrepreneurial bandwagon, but I was just like, do you know what? If that was my experience of being employed, I think the longest I've ever been employed for was, I think, a year, 18 months. <laughs> and that is like my longest uh, permanent employment ever. So what I did is I set off um, using the skills that I had. I was lucky enough to get in at one of the highest um, design schools in the country at the time, which I'm pleased to say I passed with a distinction. So I was I was very much ready um, to hit the uh, design world. Obviously, there's a lot to learn once you start in employment. And actually, what it did for me when I took that leap and I promised that I would only be responsible for my own money moving forward, and I was only probably 24 or something at the time, 25, um, I just went for it. So I started freelancing. So I got loads of work and it was a crazy number of years where I worked at all the best agencies, which gave me loads of experience, which then meant I worked on some of the top companies, top brands in, um, well, UK and global, to be fair. So little old me wouldn't have had that experience. So that time, me doing that, hopping around all those different, in different sectors, gave me a wealth of knowledge and experience that was just amazing, which set me up for what I wanted to do. Because although it sounds amazing working in corporate, for a creative, it's actually quite stifling. And rightly so in some ways, because you have got to lock down that company's brand guidelines so tightly, I found that it was quite restrictive for me and I didn't get as much joy out of doing it. So I decided to start building up my own clients and Bit by bit, I did a little bit of freelance and I started building clients until, and it didn't take me too long, I had enough um, clients on board where I could do my own thing. So I set off originally in 1998 as K-Design. Um, we rebranded two years ago and um, everything had changed and evolved and I, we'll discuss that on some of these other slides. And during lockdown, I created what was the School of Brand because I wanted to help as many people as I could by educating them what they needed to do to actually create some of their own wealth and give their businesses the best chance they had of succeeding. So that's a little bit about me. So during this uh, session, I really want you to be able to say yes on gaining clarity on building your own brand, guidance and support from an expert 
<laughs> um, confidence in grabbing success for yourself and really confidence that you can hit your audience between the eyes with a visual bang um, because that is so important. So today's mission, I want to get you thinking about your current business, your brand. So we're going to be looking at that in some of the exercises that we're doing. I'm going to really illustrate the value that branding has in its role within your business to scale and grow and demonstrate how a strong brand will catapult you further and faster. So I did say pens, pens at the ready. Can you please give yourselves a score? How would you score your brand building knowledge currently out of 10 personally? So just give yourself a little score. We're going to revisit this again later. So that's score number one. And secondly, how would you score your current branding? That's your visuals, how you're showing up. Like, are you happy about what you're putting out there? How you're attracting your audience? So give yourself the two scores. Or if you want to, you can just pop them in the chat. So we're going to start by actually um, talking about like terminology, really. And I think because I think it's quite loose and people describe things differently. I'm going to describe how I teach um, my students that I have about the brand branding um, and design world that you're entering into. And everybody is entering into this, whether you like it or not, once you start a business. So brand is me, is very much about your heart and your soul. And, and um, it's really what about your audience thinks of you when they hear your brand name. And so what makes up that? So it's things like it is your personality, your mission, vision, values, the tone of voice. It's about how you position yourself different, there's, especially online. There's such a busy, crazy world out there. What are you going to do to differentiate you from competitors? Why choose you? And when you think about brand, anything can be a brand. It can be a personal brand, a product or service. It can be something retail, corporate, cultural, geographical. I mean, if you think about something like New York, New York has a brand. You can brand, you know, a place. Anything can have a brand. And branding is very much about how um, you're going to deliver and how you're going to make your promises to your customers. So the brand strategy that you need to create is the way you're going to deliver on that promise. Branding. Now, this is how you're going to communicate when we've got all that information together. How are you going to communicate that personality um, to the world? Because in your business, you very much want to humanize your brand so it's relatable. People get it. It's, your branding is very much about how you're going to show up in the world. And that's online and offline visibility. And consistency here really is key. So, again, I talked about at the beginning where we... I work with some like major companies and it was so locked down because at no point did they show up at any stage of interaction with that brand, anything other than them. It's nailed down so tightly. So that leads us into like your visual identity. So biggest thing you can do is create yourself to start with some brand guidelines. We call them our brand Bibles. And the foundations of what is your brand Bible is your logo, your typography, um, color palette, your graphics you're going to use. We'll be looking at those later on. 
Um, what's your style? You know, is it graphic? Is it photography? Is it illustration? You know, how are you going to get that information about your brand across? And using that, so once you've nailed down and you've got your what we call brand bible, you can then start to bring in your tangible assets. So you want really distinctive digital assets creating. So think about things like whether it's your website, whether it's stationary, however you show up, you want that to be locked down. And I'm just going to put a little example here. So if you can see on the right, that was my school of brand. So that sets off with some real basic foundations that we stick to, but you can use them very creatively then through design to create a look and feel to get your messaging across and a really good feel for potential customers about you and your brand. Design. I think, you know, design can be overlooked and especially with everything we've got going on and AI and we've got camera and we've got all these things where the brilliant in one way is that we're giving everybody a chance to dabble and have a go, but it, there's a fundamental from the training that we did, you know, trained for years, five years in brand and design and design communications, it goes much deeper. And there gets to be a point when you're especially wanting to scale and grow that you need to look beyond some of these um, quick fix tools and effort and go a bit deeper into the psychology behind, behind the design. But what is great design? It establish, establishes your brand identity, reputation, influences the way the audience thinks about your brand. And by doing this, what we are actually creating is consistency. When you create consistency with your brand Bible, then you are creating um, something that's memorable, that's got recognition. So is your design attractive and unique? Are you just using standard templates that everybody else is using? What does it say about your brand? Have you got a professional logo? What colours do you use? What's the psychology behind the colours? Is that aligned with the look and feel of your brand? And you can build this into, it needs to be built into everything. Again, you're going back on to what your foundations are. And all this builds trust within your audience. And um, it's a really interesting, I just put this little survey um, down there if you have a look. Um, there's a Stanford University report that says 75% of users leave a website because it's unappealing. So it's not something that you can ignore really because first impressions really do count and it's, commun it's communicating your personality. So in this, you know, are you quite feminine? Are you masculine? Is it minimalist, maximalist? Is it youthful? I do want to come across as being really established, approachable. So what I've done is, um, for all you lovely people who have signed up, um, I'd like to give you something free. So if you want to take a screen grab um, of the QR code, um, if somebody can give me a little thumbs up, if um, if that's if you can grab it off the screen. I've tested it my end and it works. I'll just check that you can. Um, if you would like, I have an interactive um, brand slider, personality slider, and you're all very welcome to uh, download a copy of it for yourself. And then what you can do is you can just check in with how you feel about your brand. And then you can use that uh, PDF to have a look at what you're putting out there. You know, is it aligned with what you feel like your brand uh, represents?
I will also uh, get a link that I can send out later um, or we can put in the chat when we've finished. So look to question again, what's my return on interest? What, what do I get back? Because it's so easy, isn't it, for everybody to want everything cheaper, quicker, um, skimming on the process. But what I have found is everybody who cuts too many corners ends up going round in circles and you end up with a gap when you're wanting to scale and grow it's it's fine just to start with when you get going and I get that and that's what everybody should do until they get a feel for where the brand's going what um products and services might change in the early days of your business and you really need to nail what, who your audience are and some extra foundation and strategy work before you should be investing in a bigger brand. But once you get to the point where you're ready to take yourself to the next level, it really is crucial. So what kind of things can you expect as an ROI, which is the return on interest? It's a change, a massive change in user experience. It's how you look at your customer journey. Um, the strength of websites, sales pages, are they attractive, are they engaging, are they practical and clear? When you've built a strong brand, it um, evokes curiosity and motivation. Um, and this really does convert browsers into customers and customers into cheerleaders about your brand. And it really does instill confidence in people. There's a definite shift when we've worked on building a cred credible brand in, um, in the confidence within the person when they've got a solid brand behind them. It's a huge. Um, so it really sets expectations as well when you're building a brand about your expectations, about your, sorry, about the reput your reputation and how, how your customers see you. Because really... The whole thing about uh, like branding, it's perception, it's how you want to be perceived. And no one way is right or not. Well, the right way is, does it connect to who your target audience is? And your target audience will be very different to someone else's. I get a lot of questions about people with personal brands and business brands, and I believe in the best of both. It's easier sometimes if you're starting from scratch to connect and engage with people with your personal brand. But the thing is here, we're going to look at this in a short while, but what is the vision of the brand? Because that's what you need to be branding to. So when you are creating your branding, you really need to be considering where you are going in the future. And that's what you need to brand. Not brand where you are now, but brand for where you're moving to, because that is the secret about catapulting you further and faster. But we believe in the best of both, because depending on what that future vision is of yours, you know, if you're wanting to sell your business in X amount of years, if you've purely got a personal brand and you have not got a business brand built behind you, um, how do you sell you when you're taken out of the equation? What is your asset? So when you're thinking about what is this business going to mean to you financially in the future, 
you know we've got things like we can franchise we can you can just sell it there's there's lots of different options to create wealth through your business longer term while you exit whether that's retirement whether you're moving on to other things but you need to really think about what that looks like financially to you in the future and then that's where we build around that but if you're showing up as the face of your brand, as long as you've got a decent, solid business brand behind you, we believe you've got the best of both. I want to like say as well, like the branding can be really daunting, can't it, for a lot of people because there's so many moving parts, so many things to do, and it just feels like a big mountain sometimes if you're a smaller business that you've got to climb. But it's this is here to remind you that all brands evolve. And interestingly, um, I've just put the three first logos that Apple had, one of the biggest brands in the world. And if you look at that first one, um, I don't know how clear it is on your screens, but we've got Isaac Newton sat under a tree with an apple about to drop on his head. I mean, it looks like something from a wood cutting. It's not great. Um, however, they quickly knew that wasn't right and they were on to something big with Apple. And within one year in 1997, 1977, that changed quickly into the rainbow Apple. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Um, but then very swiftly, they really started investing big time into their brand and branding. And it was still looking at their final logo, which is what they've had now for 25 years which is amazing. So all this comes from moving forward and how they've built their brand is creating the strong brand foundations. Keep things as simple as you can, very simple. Be consistent and then it'll help you grow your brand on a larger scale. Right, pens at the ready. Um, we're going to have a little task here again. And if you want to, you can do this as homework. Um, so choose one brand. I just want you to get thinking about like, what is it about someone else's brand that you resonate? So, I mean, I'm, because of the industry I'm in, very much an Apple girl, love it through and through. So have you got something? Is it a Starbucks coffee? Or think, just think of one brand that you absolutely resonate with, that you are extremely loyal to. And have a little think, how does that brand make you feel? So give me the name of the brand. How does it make you feel? So I'll give you another example. A lot of people, maybe Volvo cars were always, well, for a long time known, or they portrayed as the safest, most reliable car. If you think about some of the old branding they need to, they used to do. Apple, they are very diverse. They're um, cutting edge, but they're about simplicity and beautiful design. And that's the bit that I absolutely love. I keep the packaging when I open something. I say, I can look it over. I've got like a stack of boxes because I kind of don't throw the boxes away because I, just, I love the packaging. What brand are you completely loyal to? And what emotions does that evoke in you? How can you connect with it visually when you see that brand? There's a, a really interesting test. Um, people were shown a tiny glimpse of a can. You couldn't see the logo. You could just see a tiny curve and you could see the colour red. 
and pretty much everybody said that's Coca-Cola and it was it was so recognizable so inbuilt um into your subconscious their brand is so solid that even seeing a glimpse of it your subconscious connects with that brand what message does your chosen brand give you what what message does it stand out does stand out for you and if we've got time at the end we can maybe i'll come back to this depending what how long we've got for q a and we'll we'll go through um some of the answers but this is really um this scenario is you being the target audience so the homework i want you to take away and do later is think about these questions but put yourself in the shoes of your customers what are they when's the last time you checked in what do you think they see what do you think they feel what emotions do you think people get when they're interacting with your brand what kind of customer delivery is there are they loyal like what is making your customers loyal what is making your customers cheerleaders so that's a little homework task for you to complete later so how to build a successful brand and grow your business so i'm going to go through five things which i think are absolutely key number one research number two your brand strategy three your brand identity four marketing and sales and five mindset and energy now think about your own brand currently and where would you say you've invested your time money and energy so far in building your brand did you do the research and really dig deep in that have you thought about what you want to do what do you actually stand for what's what is it at your absolute core at the heart and soul of your business are you clear on that when it comes to the branding and identity is that part of the business aligned back to your strategy is it aligned back does it tick boxes from the research that you did when you've got those in place you're going to get the strongest results and the more traction from your marketing and sales because you've built something solid i'm not saying you can't jump through these and get some results yes you can but we're talking about building something on a bigger scale here to really grow and scale your business so just have a little think for yourselves about where you've placed your time money and energy in those areas we've talked about maybe cutting corners have you skipped some areas so you can think about that um when 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 you're doing your homework so we're going to talk back about why research is so important and it really is key who are your selfie clients and by that the people who get you the people who make doing what you do easy the people who buy from you who really resonate with who you are i talked about building a brand that um 
as a persona you know it's humanizing your brand makes you very relatable to your target audience have a little think like did you do research around your product and services did you do research about how you're positioned within your market why would people choose you where's your superpowers where are those points of um, difference that are going to make it they're going to make a huge change when you're growing and scaling your target audience what do they actually want are you giving your target audience what they want and need and not what you think that they need again these these questions get answered when you do your research SWOT analysis, where's the risks, where's the threats, where's the opportunities that you're missing? So many people, when you do a quick SWOT analysis, realizing they're leaving so much money on the table in their business, all that money can be investing with Karen and a, a team, you know. We need to think about where those opportunities are. What are you missing out on? One thing that's really important that I do need to stress though is always be you always don't just see someone who's doing it well and copy because they'll never want the same things they'll never want to be the same they'll never quite want the same exact target audience so for you to get the best out of your business be authentic and be you so target audience this is one of the biggest pieces you can do and dig deep and saying that you know it's women in the UK is not going to help you too much when you come to do your marketing and you're trying to really nail everything down. You really want to get um, a strong pain point or a desire that you can talk about to get them to resonate. You need to get into the heads of your target audience. So we can look at buyer personas. And although these are semi-fictional uh, profiles, it's really common that not always, but the majority of the time, your target audience ends up being a version of you. So being you is more important than ever. So yes, we can look at certain industries, job titles, ages, locations, and that'll start to narrow it down. But if you really want to connect on a deeper level, we really want to know about what the aspirations are of your target audience, what are the goals? Where are the pain points and fears? I just put a little comment on this about not being too um, heavy on the, is this you, is this you? Because if you think about the energy, that's an energy of lack, that's not gonna connect as much. Yeah, they'll hear you, but in their head, if they know that they're not doing well or they're struggling in an area, that's probably a bit icky for them, isn't it? So try and, change that energy round into what would that look like if they didn't have that problem and try and connect with them um, from a more positive point, addressing what the pain points and fears, but what does that look like to them on the flip side, on the better version of them? Think about your energy. If you're thinking that, oh, you know, you have a pain point and it makes you, you give it a three out of 10 because it makes you feel quite low. Actually, the flip side of that, you can feel like a 10 because your mind is so easy to switch a flip, like flip a switch and actually change your energy and mindset 
then that then feels exciting, doesn't it? You're then creating something that they want and will resonate on a deeper level and connect with you. So if you're not wanting to do all this research, I would say stop. Um, and you can't touch this because if you don't do your research and you're really serious about growing your brand, you're missing out like a fundamental piece of your business growth. And to be quite honest, you're probably better off spending your time running into the hills and spending it on pina coladas because you're not going to get the same return. And, you know, you want your investments within your business to mean something. I've just given you a little example about research on a visual scale. So I took Gemma Watts, I did that logo for Gemma at the top. What she used to look like is the one top left. But look at who your competitors are. So we wanted to make sure that Gemma had an identity that was purely her. She's an amazing photographer. Um, but we looked at people that she saw as competitors and we also looked at people that she aspired to be. And when we were able to do that, when we looked at where she sat, it really gave her a massive confidence boost. And yeah, she looked like she was able with her new brand to stand proud amongst those people and knew she had a solid brand behind her. And you can do this by looking at, look at competitors' websites, um, look at how you're visually positioned, look at how people are showing up. How are you showing up? Are you actually representing yourself to the same level of the quality of your um, products and services? Because then there's going to be a disconnect between how you show up and actually your abilities, the quality of, of what you're putting out there. But what that needs to come across quite quickly because um, first impressions are so important in your brand and branding. Emotions. Are you ready to hit the brand strategy dance floor? So we've done our research. But what we want is we want to get our clients to love our products and services. Um, and what we want to do is we want to create, if we can, an emotional attachment to your brand. Like on the exercise where you're going to do with your homework, where's the emotional attachment there? How do they make you feel? Because you want that brand to make you feel good. You want to feel like you've had amazing service. You, they, you want them, them to feel like you never disappoint them. So think about them things and the emotions, like how you want uh, people to think and feel about your brand. Another way to amazingly connect is share your story. If you're wanting to grow your brand, you need to tell people about where's your passion? Where's the fire in the belly? Where, what is it that you're wanting to do? We all know Karen said she wants to make as many people millionaires as she can. She tells everybody she knows that. She goes out of a way to build up people's wealth and trust so that they can have a lifestyle that they dream of. So behind what she's doing, it's not just, oh, I can, you know, make some money here, getting everybody to sign up to my products, my books and everything else that's going on. There's actually a real passion behind that. And people need to know what that is. So check in with, you know, are you telling people what your story is? What drives you? So things to think about in this area. 
where did your passion come from? What was that spark that made you decide to do whatever it is that you're doing? What drives you today? What is the driving factor that gets you up in the morning to keep going with your business? Think about letting people behind the scenes. Um, photography is an amazing way to show people as well um, where this passion is and to get people to connect with you. What we're wanting to do at this point is to get your clients to develop empathy for you, but ultimately care about you and a brand and get behind you. How many times have you seen maybe somebody online where they've just said something that resonates? Think It's like going on a brand date. It's that thing, your eyes meet, you love what they have to say, and you're in love. That is what we're trying to create when we're um, doing our brand and branding. So your mission, part of that, yeah, telling people what your mission is, your who, what, for, and so. Revisit it. I'd urge you to do that if you've not done this for a long time. Because as you're building your businesses and you're growing, things sometimes change. So remember to check in with where you are and where you're going. Is it still aligned? Are you still telling people the same message? Is it relevant? Because if you're wanting to grow your business, but you're still connecting with people on an outdated version of you, this is why we end up doing rebrands for people because they've just grown so much. And to reach that bigger audience, we need to change things up. So this is the same for your vision. It's a, a vision statement focuses on tomorrow. And it's aspirational. What is it that you're going to get people excited about in the vision? What are you going to get people behind you to cheerlead you? Values are really important. And choose these values carefully and really think about what they mean to your target audience. So I've just shown you a few of mine here, um, which were for School of Brand. I set School of Brand up because I wanted to empower people to work and build on their own brand, educate them on how to actually do that, make sure I was there to support them. I wanted to give them inspiration through their journey. And one thing that's really important for me, fun. Everybody who knows me well knows I like a good giggle. Um, but I want this to be easy. I want this to be this, the brand building journey to be fun. It's like an amazing game you get to play, you know, so make it really enjoyable. Tone of voice. What you say means a lot. So it's no good having this stunning visuals and everything, but actually what you're saying doesn't resonate and align. And likewise, you can have really strong messages, but if you can't stop the scroll, you know, when you're putting everything out online, how are you going to get people to listen? How are you going to get people to think that this is somebody I want to connect with? So identifying your brand voice is really humanizing you as a brand and then communicating that consistently. So how what do we want to communicate? Are we trustworthy? Are you a comp people that people have confidence in? 
Are you reassuring? Think of three adjectives for your, your own brand. What, are they, what would you want them to be? How do you differentiate? Because if you're just saying the same thing about everybody else, what makes them choose you? What is it if you don't differentiate yourself in some way? And that can be down to the same product, but working with you is different in whatever way. What's your style of delivery? There's always a way because we are all unique. We all have a unique way of doing things. And working with me as a brand designer will be very different working to someone else as a brand designer. And that sometimes comes down to personalities. So that's why you need to make sure that everything's aligned. What do you want to say about yourself? In your tone of voice, what do you want to avoid even? So I know people who use bad language in their branding, that right on the in their messaging. And some people love that and some people will hate that. And then that'll come back to the type of type of um client that you've on, on your audience research that you've niched down. I know people who have do really well because they're a bit naughty, a bit cheeky, and people like that. And it will absolutely turn other people off. They will not entertain it. We're going back to a brand date. On your first date, have you ever been on a date where somebody said something, went, I'm done, you, you know, that you're, that you're out, aren't you? You know, because you think you're not my kind of person. And the thing is, we've all got someone who are our people, and it's about finding your tribe. So this is where we want to be, right? This is where we want to be. It wants to be. We're creating here Brand FM, where it's smooth. It feels easy. You're being authentic. You're being, a, you're being consistent. And that's creating an emotional attachment. You want to be able to say that your clients are who you are looking for. Pens at the ready. We're just going to do another task. Um, and if you're on replay, please, I still want you to do this. Um, can you give me three words? I want three words. You can pop them in the chat if you're on today. Three words that you, emotions, you would like your target audience to feel about your brand. Does anybody want to unmute and tell me what their three words are? Shall I put someone on the spot? Karen, come on, Karen, I'm looking at you. Can you tell me three well, words? I was just going to suggest that uh, people put it into the chat box. That's fair enough. Um, but how do you how would you want people to feel about um, your brand, Karen Newton International? Um, that I am authentic that I deliver well, results and... But what's the emotion behind that? The emotion behind it. Um, Is it supported? You want them to feel... That they're going to get the success that they want. Yeah. So it's not always just as easy as you think. You do have to have a little think about this. Sorry for putting you on the spot there, Karen. That's but, right. um, I, do, <laughs> I do want you to have a little thing. What three emotions do you want people to feel? What do you want? What do you Because that's where you resonate with things, isn't it? It's, it's how you feel. You know, um, 
what Stephanie was saying earlier. It's all right thinking something, but you've got to feel it. If you can get people to connect with you and how you want them to feel, you really embody that and you embrace it. And that's what energy you put into your brand. Then you're going to grow faster if you've got these things in place. Sorry, Karen, you can mute again. Sorry for putting you on the spot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when we've so we've moved on, we've done the strategy stuff. So we're on the branding like, what does your logo say about you? You've got to think um, your logo is your face of your business when you're not around. And if you've got a business brand, it's that is the face of the business it's recognizable so when you see that we talked about the coca-cola can earlier so when you are dry, seeing that on a shelf you only have to see a snippet and then you can tell me lots of things about that brand how often have we potentially been driving down the motorway and you see the tiniest yellow arch over a tree you know it's mcdonald's somewhere you know it's that starbucks you just see a that slight white wave on a bit of green and you know that you think oh i'll have a coffee you know that i mean these are on obviously huge scales huge corporates but the psychology behind it is the same and you don't have to be one of the big fish to do your branding you can all these same things. The only difference between you and a corporate, they've got bigger teams in place, but the process behind everything is exactly the same. I've just put a couple of examples there of um, logos, very different logos, different sectors. But what you do is we really fell into the energy of these brands where they were wanting to go and they wanted a real professional look. So these really embody everything about them and their business it's not just a case of saying well you, you like red or you like blue and well that's a nice enough typeface there's actually layers of um psychology and thought goes into doing a logo when you build one properly typefaces have personalities um this is a fact you've probably never thought about you've probably just picked one you like if you've not got a professional brand in place but they really do change the energy of what you see. And, you know, even if you think about um, think about going into a supermarket and you see a bottle of wine, for instance, you don't know whether you're only drawn to that as the label. And typeface and colours are two of the most important things that connect with your brain and your subconscious. So just a little tip, if you've not already got a professional brand, choose probably three fonts and stick with them in a couple of different weights for each if they are throughout just to create some consistency. Um, so you're going to start building up some brand recognition. The importance of colour is huge. It's absolutely huge. And again, first impressions do count and it's one of the first things, the colour of something that your audience notice. I mean, sometimes think about people like Tiffany's have actually copyrighted a colour. So that that turquoisey blue, they've actually, that blue is such a strong, 
part it's like one of main pieces of their identity the blue is actually trademarked so that other people can't use it so that's how powerful color can be within a brand and different tones within brands can kind of mean different things too so let's have just a real quick look here so red can be danger but it also can be excitement and passion and love you move to pink that's more feminine it can be romantic but a hot pink can be quite bold and youthful we'll just have a, have a quick look at that screen but the colors that you choose oops my line uh line endings jumped um so the colors you choose actually are really important and you tie that back into your values and what you stand for and back into your target audience so it is actually um quite a big exercise to do this properly and and do you do your colors actually mean something within your brand so i'm just going to show you how for school of brand using our brand guidelines that we set up so we did this i just exactly do the same as i teach clients and so we've got two or three fonts we've got our brand colors set up but what look at what you can achieve with that if you've got uh, the ability to apply that properly so this is where your investment with design and designers come in because um it is a really, really um, honed skill. And the results from professional to non-professional are visibly huge. But if these are the eyes that people have got on you, on your brand, it's really important that when you are ready to grow and scale, you really think um, about the rebrands, brands at that point, because it really will make a huge difference to your interaction with your clients. So once we've got that, we're now looking at like, where are we with our marketing and sales? And really it's about visibility. Where are you seen? How do you show up? Is it consistent? So if you want the best ROI here, you've got to look at what's also aligned. There's so many things that you can, um, there's so many things that you can do, but do they also align with you and bring you joy? Because if you've got to be doing blogging and you hate writing, not for you. We've got Amanda on here today, like amazing at blogging and writing because it's her thing. Um, are you just a really good networker? You know, look at where you are going to be showing up within your business and look at what's aligned. Pick two or three to start with and make sure that you're using all your branding assets applied consistently. Um, I think that's something in here. We're jumping around a little bit. Um, and make sure you apply that consistently. What is your plan? What is your route to market? Where do you want to go with your brand? Now that we've got tech. Right, I'd just like you after um the presentation there. Um, how would you score your branding knowledge? We we wrote a number at the beginning. Do you think that you feel a little bit more knowledgeable about your branding now that we've completed this? And how would you score your current branding? So you gave it a score right at the beginning. 
But thinking about all these elements are the ways that you can really improve your brand. And I want you to really think about what your next moves are to grow and scale your business. So in that, there's going to be some challenges. Now, for me and my brand, what I did, I did some market research. And that market research, I asked people where they were stuck, what they were needing, where they were challenged, you know, in growth. And it, everything, everything they said could be fit into one of these categories. So it was time, money, mindset. They were the biggest um, obstacles that people felt they were facing in growing their brand. Um, visibility, feeling stuck, value, confidence, tech and fear were the others. But I think the three key ones were time, money and mindset. And I hope that you downloaded the freebie at the beginning. And I have another little gift for everybody um, who has uh, been on the call and on replay um, for this Wealth Summit. So what I did, I took that information and I now have a brand review. So in this brand review, if you're going to save time, money and energy, it means that there's usually some gaps and there's always a gap somewhere because none of us, not even me, have got everything sorted. So in this system that I've put together, it really identifies the gaps and opportunities that you've got if you want to take your business to the next level. So included in this brand review you create a, I've created a pre-review online questionnaire. There is then, once I've received that, I look at what, um, how you've answered those questions and where your goals are and what the biggest challenge you've got right now. And then take you through each one of these processes. And it's surprising, you know, what comes up. So we spend 60 minutes where you're just answering questions. The key here really is that you're really honest because it's completely confidential. And if you're not where you want it to be, that's fine. The thing is, it's identifying that there is a gap in that area because if there's something key missing out of your research or strategy, you're never going to get the return you want on other elements of the business during growth without plugging that gap. And then we end up sending a report at the end with the results. Now, this results is really good. So it breaks it down into what are the urgent things that you need to do and what are essentials. So you might be focusing on moving the business forward. But if you were looking at an essential, but you actually need to fix something on the urgent list to get the results you want, we need to backtrack. And that's really important. So my gift for everybody um, on here, um, they're currently at 325, but um, if anybody would like a brand review, um, if you want to snap the code, I am happy um, to discount for everybody um, for signing up and giving your time. So that's about me. And I think as Karen, as Karen disappeared, she'll be eating a sandwich or something. Let's say, so I will, see if I can just one second thank you everybody by the way thanks thanks for listening we've got Amanda pop back 
Now, let me see if I can, I might have to um, stop sharing one second. I think we've lost Kevin. Right, I'm going to stop sharing. And then I can see the chat. Yeah, guys, so I'm actually stepping in for Karen here. She's just off the phone to me there. We've had all circumstances today. Karen's just had a, a power cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, more, one more thing to add to the list of, of well, how the, yeah. the technical issues are working out today. Well, hey, Shane, at least I got through mine without being bombarded <laughs> by, by hackers. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I wonder um, what's next. Does anybody uh, want... Can I see anybody's faces? Come on. Put yourselves on screen if you're able. Have we got any? Has anybody got any questions? Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Hi. I've got a little question. How did you learn all of this? Because you know so much. You know like so much about everything. I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, to start with, I um, I've always had a huge passion about what I do. Um, and I went to art college straight from school. I left school. I started doing A levels. I got an A in my GCSE and stuff, but I just, I decided I went, I wanted to go to um, art school. And then I did um, a design, like a graphic design course for a couple of years. Then I went to university and I, um, I studied design communications, which is like the psychology behind everything. And, you know, there's a reason why things look right. So the positioning, the sizing, the it, even millimeters. I change millimeters on 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 things, and it just change. It changes what that visual impact is and the psychology behind it. And and I've been doing it for like over twenty five years. <laughs> so the core of what it like. Things change in the industry, right? So people go, oh, we can do this, we can do that. Or, you know, trends happen, but not our brains haven't changed. <laughs> the way that we process things, the way that our energies, you know, how we, how we deal with things, they're the same. So really, the formula's not changed. So, and it's just experience and just, like I said, when I freelance for so long, I was lucky enough to work with like, I mean, the biggest global companies probably Marsh. They're in 50 countries or something. I work with them for years. I work with smaller companies. I love nothing more than working with a small, medium business to elevate them. That's where the thrill is for me. And that's why I came out of corporate and, and built up my own clients. I still have a couple of big, corp well, a few big corporates, but the majority I are more small to medium-sized businesses because that's where I feel like I shine. And I don't like how restrictive corporate is, you know, and you'll go through all these hoops to get somebody who goes, I don't like green. You know, it, that's where we're at, you know, somebody who's got the big chair decides the like or not like something that's, I just, that's not for me. So I love, I love the energy. So I love people. I love connecting with people and people's energy. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I get that from the, the, the joy comes from for me from working with smaller companies but yeah i just think it's just being a master of your trade isn't it like everybody like i could say to you i love a swim but i'm not gonna run away <laughs> <to the race." laughs> 
Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm a bit of a mermaid. I used to dive for years, so I love swimming. I'm a dive yeah. master, actually. Wow. So I'm pretty good in the water. I won't be winning any races. Yeah. So I think it's just about it's where your skill set is at, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I love how passionate you are as well and how 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 every single little thing you kind of spot your eyes just shine and everything you know everything is so exciting I love it it's so good you present yourself so well I think it's because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do I've never had a job doing anything else let me just show you all something really quickly if I can just grab it I should have when I was a little girl I loved colour so much, right? And when I was tiny, I had this bought for me. This is over 40 years old, this, probably 45 years old. And I used to have this, and I had my colouring books, and I used to lift it up. And when I was so scared that all the colour was disappearing, I stopped using it. Because I, I, and I used to just think, oh, and I used to think, what if, the, what if it's gone? Or, you know, I had this fear of like, no, and I've always kept it and I have it, it's on my shelf always. But I just love design and colour. So the reason why I do what I do in truth is I'm tone deaf. So for, for me, um, when I used to go to school, we, you know, when you used to near Christmas, they'd be going into the hall and you uh, used to have to sing and the lady would play the piano and you'd go to la la la. Well, I'd be like, la, like this. And I used to get what we used to call the hand of shame on my shoulder, which meant you need to mime. And what, when it come to Christmas time, I used to, used to say, Kate, do you want to do the posters? And they say, yeah. But the thing is, I used to ace those bad boys. So like I've always done creative. So um, my lack of ability to sing has uh, just boosted creativity in me in another way. But I do love it. I, I've never... I've never not loved what I do and I've never in 25 years wanted to do something other than I'm doing ever. Amazing. So. Expert. Amazing. Uh, Joy, yeah. I, I think it's just kind of linking what Stephanie said and, and what you said, Kay, is that when you've got a passion for something, you want to learn more, you want to hone those skills and they gradually grow and grow and grow to make you the expert, don't they? They do, they do and... And I think, you know, some of my, my values um, in, in my business for Brandstone Creative, one is excellence. And sometimes at my own detriment, because I have been a bit of a perfectionist in the past, but when I work with people, making do is not good enough. I make sure that I I give it my all, like, no matter what the size of job, I make sure that what we've created, what I've created is right for them. And, you know, the, one of the biggest things for me is when I show someone the brand when we've created it and that look in their face just lights me up and you can see they get it. It's them, you know, that it just raises everything about their energy. And then their clients see that as well because actually that's them. It just it radiates to everybody, you know, and, and that's the bit I love. I'm massively, you know, into energy and how that transmits and how your interactions can just change people's, people's mindsets. But 
I what I want to do is put that into people's brands when I'm creating them. Um, but yeah, I love it. So yeah, that's excellence is one creativity again. Like one, I, I did a survey on clients. And it's this is a really good thing for you to you all to do if you've not done it. Is keep checking in and like what what can you do better? What is but my client delivery is my highest. Um, asset when it comes but you know feedback when it comes back it's always client delivery because i just i go all in joy so you know and i do i do that you know that's part of me and, and what i do and you just you just strive for excellence for everybody oh amanda yeah yeah no i was okay i was just gonna say thank you so much for your talk and what i wanted to sort of feedback was that i've seen you talk several times obviously and every time your passion, your energy is there, it's on the screen, it's showing up. I know you're all about energy. You've just said it. But mm -hmm. you you know that you have confidence. I, I personally would have confidence in you because of your obviously your expertise and your skill. And you've, you've just documented how, how you've achieved all those, but also your commitment to it and your passion. And I took something off one of your screenshots, which I just I wrote it down because it really resonated with me. And you've got on one of them. Brand strategy is the way you deliver on your promise. Yeah. And that just for me, that was really, really a powerful statement. And I just thought, yeah, you can get a person's integrity and a person's commitment oh, yeah. by very little subtle innuendos that maybe us as Joe Public wouldn't actually pick up on. But that's where you come in and you hone your skills to give people those, uh, those, those little things. So yeah, just mm -hmm. lovely to hear you talk again, as always, Kay, because we just Hi. get that vibe from you. Thank you Hi. so much. Oh, no, thank you. And, you know, I think your values are really important and choose them wisely. There's so many people say integrity and I would never put integrity as a value of mine because if you've not got integrity, you shouldn't be in, in business. And actually, for me, you can't tell someone you've got integrity. You earn that, don't you? You earn that by your actions. I really believe that. And a lot of people do use integrity of one of their... One of their uh, company values and I get it as a personal value you know but as a business value if you know it's it should be a given and you should they should feel that they should see that by how you show up your actions and it's it, it it's inbuilt isn't it it underpins everything and that it's should... like using the word honest isn't it you shouldn't word use the word honest because as we say that again should be a given and yes i, I always like say. it too like if i come to your house amanda and it's said, oh thanks for inviting me around for dinner by the way i'm not going to nip through these drawers while you're in the kitchen and steal anything because i am honest <laughs> just, we would just take it that i'm not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> that's how I see it anyway um, does anybody have any other questions yeah, Shayna are you co-pilot now <laughs> I am I am yeah I actually have one question myself yeah Karen is um, yeah yeah she's still got issues with her power but yeah I just have one last question um, so I'm in the process of building up a, a separate branch to my current business and I want to keep the yeah. branding of them yeah. completely separate. Yeah. Um, so I literally just started the design process there about, about two weeks ago and I'm really happy with how it turned out. Cool. But my part, my partner made a comment a few days ago. She was like, that looks very like a different company's branding. Yeah. And I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. 
but you mentioned something about various companies trademarking their color schemes. So how can I find out once I, once I looked into this, I was like, yeah, right enough. It is a little bit close. Yeah. Um, how can I find out that other companies trademarks, they see if they've got anything. Just go online. It'll, it'll just be published online. What? Yeah. Yeah. Company's house. And um, there's trademark. Oh, do you know what? I was checking one recently because there's something I'm wanting to trademark that I want to launch this year. So I'm making sure because there'll be people after it when they see it. So yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make sure that's done. But no, you just, it's on the Gov website. Um, I'll have a look, for, let me write a note and I'll see if I'll get the link. Yeah. And send it you. But it's just on the, um, it's on it's the it, it just seems like one that would be really hard to enforce because I mean. Oh. Well, you can't always, like there's certain words you can't trademark and they can't. Yeah. So it, I think it costs you for the basic, I think it starts off at, 170 pound or something for the first search and you put in what you want into trademark but you can trademark the you can trademark the logo and stuff but just trademark the name is what you're better off doing it originally yeah okay but so did you see what i mean though like if you'd and i don't want to like try and pull you out here, but if you'd done the research bit you'd have seen their stuff because we were you know or maybe not i don't know but you'd have in that where we do did you remember the slide where we did the visuals and i'd pulled in what the other companies were and what they looked like so i i, I like go right who who do i feel or who do i know who where is my competition in this market currently who am i aspiring to be and I get it all on a sheet and you can do that really easy you know you just literally i mean i have a mac but you can just do a little screen grab and you can just just stick them all on a page so just make yourself like a bit of a scrapbook you know while you're going that you can refer back to i mean obviously when we do that for clients we build this out and we and we do that anyway but yeah um your research is really important it's a big part of you know, building your brand up and people, yeah. people generally skip it a bit. I'll be honest. And this is where, so when I do the brand reviews, these are brilliant. I'm a bit annoyed because I've not stuck the testimonials on, um, but they just go so deep and, and I do, I'm doing these really cheap at the minute just to move people. Like everybody this year is about moving forward, isn't it? And things are hard and things are more expensive. And it's, I've, I've, before we, we used to do a brand review but it used to be about two and a half thousand because we used to there were a lot of hours went into it so i've honed it down and done it in a way that it's like a q a that we can do quite quickly to find gaps easily um instead of doing a bigger piece I can't do these on big on corporates because they're not comprehensive enough because you we need we have a team on when we do corporate but for small medium businesses like now it just it's like it's just yeah it's a game changer massively but it's about picking out like yeah finding your gaps is what i would say but yeah just regarding the um the copywriting look on just look on companies see what's registered are you you're over Plastic. in ireland or england yeah, I'm Northern Ireland, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, yeah, you're still UK, aren't you? So, yeah. 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 Just, so just look on government website. It'll be on that. Will do. Perfect. That's very helpful. And great presentation, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Thanks. So I hope you all I enjoyed think, it. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. So I think we'll push on. Um, look, 